This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Next on Plains FM, we have Movie Talk, a program for all things cinema-esque, for the discerning film and video junkie. Welcome again to Movie Talk. Today we'll be looking at a documentary set in an old people's home, The Mole Agent, and women's liberation in France in the 1960s in How to Be a Good Wife. We also have news on the new cinema complex in Wigram. The Mole Agent is a rather offbeat documentary from Chile which follows an elderly man as a secret observer into a retirement home uh, where the caretakers have been accused of abuse. Ian Cummings has been off to the Lumia cinemas to see this rather feel-good portrait of loneliness and old age. Ian, what did you think of The Mole Agent? Well, offbeat, certainly. It's highly original, actually, remarkable, and and it's touching, and it's provoking. I kept on wondering, is this actually a documentary, or is this acted out? (laughs) You know, how genuine is this? It's it's definitely documentary, anyway. And I said provoking, because it it shares and shows the feelings of old women, their loneliness, and and some largely abandoned, forgotten by their family. Yeah, well, that's the whole point, yeah. yeah. The people in this... um, uh, um, this old people's home there's actually they haven't be, been abused or anything by the, uh, the people in there working no there. no no it's more by their own family who've ignored them and all this right, sort of right so thing. They, yeah. they're really in there to um to live out their last you know few years mm. and in fact in the credits of the film it's in memorial they 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 highlight three of the women who were featured in the in the mm. film who died since yeah, oh, yeah, 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 I can imagine. So anyway, yeah. they, they, they took three months shooting this, didn't they? Yeah, about three and a half, I think, yeah. yes. And uh, with a, f- a very small crew, just four of them, they had to come clean at some stage with management because they thought, did they not, this was an ordinary documentary, but not yeah. what it was well, in fact was. Well, there's some uh, amazing aspects of the making of this film, which I couldn't understand at the time, because he, this um, fellow who goes in there, he is Sergio, he is asked, uh, he's sent in, employed to go in as a sort of an undercover spy on the system there because they want to check out whether there's any sort of um, abuse of the um, people staying there by the staff or people working there. So, of course, they can't tell anybody that uh, they're going to do this. They're sending you in secretly. But, uh, you know, you wonder what does he know himself about all this because he, he gets there Oh, well, first of all, the film, yes, he, they give him, before he goes in, both a hidden mini ca- camera inside a pen. And his glasses. And you're supposed to take secret photo pictures with that. Then who is taking picture, photos of him for the film? You know, that's what makes me wonder. Well, I mean, it was, it, it was clearly, I mean, they shot 300, 300 hours yeah. over three months. Yeah. And, in fact, you know, that they, um, they started out... You know, to be a documentary. This is what the management of the rest home thought. But in fact, 
director, they came clean. And the management, when they found out, no, no, well, even well before that, but their management knew what was happening, but they they went like this, thumbs up. Yeah. Not, not, they didn't, well, it wasn't right till the end that they revealed Mm. it, but they were actually. (laughs) Yeah. But but at the time when this fellow went in in there as a spy, they didn't, uh, the management didn't know what was going on, but they already. Uh, and not to make them suspicious, they didn't sort of send him, the bloke, and these uh, ca- camera people in at the same time. They were already in there, supposedly making a general document. Exactly, that's what the management it. thought. Yeah. yeah, that's what the management yeah. thought from t- till towards the end. And uh, and then he came in afterwards, so even he wouldn't have known exactly what the, were they with him. I mean, what does he need his own cameras for if there's other cameras? And this is the damn point is that you, uh, me and the audience, I just couldn't understand the logic behind. What's he doing in there? With yeah. He's got cameras but there's other people camera f- filming him. How much does he know what's going on? Who does know what's going on? You know, but this, I mean both makes the film fascinating but it also keeps you puzzled all the way through. Yeah. Well we meet some very interesting people in there, so the, some of these old ladies, you know, who mostly in the late 70s or early 80s or even the 90s, but there's one called Marta and she's the shoplifter, those are my words. Yep. She would steal stuff from uh, the laundry or other people's bedrooms, and Sergio would follow yeah, with his yeah. mole camera on yeah. his glasses. Because well, it's actually the staff who'd been um, accused of stealing people's things. No, and it wasn't the staff at all. It was, it was one of the people living there. Yeah. Oh yes, yes. So uh, and then the, the, so that was Marta, and then there's um, Berta, who was a lifelong virgin, and she tells Sergio that she would lose her virginity to God through her husband if she had one. <laughs> and she flirts a bit with Sergei, Sergei, you know, and he's not the first person to do that in the film. Um, and he was one of some 50 men who were auditioned uh, and, gosh, how many of them had bad teeth or no teeth at all? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, well, the, yeah. The, director, the director selected him uh, and um, to, to be the mole. But, of course, he, his own wife, he's a, a recent widower. That's right. And yeah. uh, he didn't know quite what to do with himself. And I think for this reason, it was quite a good... This is one of the reasons he wanted to go there, just to have t- time to spend with other people and mix with other people and do something mm. and not think about, you know, grieve for his lost wife mm. at the time. And, um, yeah, but, I mean, it all makes sense. I mean, there's sorts of... Well, another thing that puzzled me in this, it doesn't say anywhere exactly where this film was made because what had me confused I understand it's a, a Chilean film yeah. okay, but they keep on saying that that's filmed in San Francisco well that's the name of the rest home Yes, that's all it was. And, <laughs> and, and, and San Francisco is a, yeah. uh, an outer suburb area, outer area of um, Santiago, the capital there. But I mean, but I kept on thinking, surely, if, if they're in San Francisco, why the hell are they all speaking Spanish all the time? <laughs> well, anyway, the, 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 the director certainly prepared. She worked as an assistant with the director for two, uh, the detective, I should say, for two months, and then found the parallel, what you do as a detective, 
waiting for, uh, after long days, getting the shot you need, just like in filming. So, um, which in the film, which was Oscar nominated, didn't win, but at least it was one of six documentaries yeah. which considered well, the best of the world. Yeah, actually, it was nominated for two Oscars, both the documentary, which you mentioned, and also the best international feature film there. Okay, well, I, th- I think it's worth a view, but you've got to be forewarned <laughs> that it's a t- oh, I think it's very confusing stuff. Oh, it but, may be a little confusing, but I think it's very well worth seeing. Yeah, and it's essentially about uh, people, uh, elderly people, their issues, their problems, and, and all this sort of thing. And as such, I think it's quite good and sensitive. Okay, thank you, Ian. That was Ian Cumming with his views on The Mole Agent, and I'm Hans Petrovic on Movie Talk on Plains FM 96.9. With me now on the phone is Harry Purcell, the operations manager of the Silky Otter Cinemas, which have just opened in Wigram. I realise you've been extremely busy since the cinemas first opened a week ago, but... First of all, can you tell us exactly where your eight theatre complex is located? Hi, yeah, where we are, we are based in Wigram, just next to the New World, near the Good Home and Average Shows down here in um, yeah, Wigram Skies. Good spot to be in. So that's the, the um, new, uh, new World supermarket there in, in the um, landing shopping area. Absolutely, yeah, down in the landing. And the amazing thing is you've got um, eight different cinemas what each uh, seating 48 people was that it 47 seats in each screen and yeah you're right we do have eight screens each one is identical um which was was made by design so it doesn't matter which screen you go to you're going to have the the same experience um i know just from growing up when i used to go to the movies there was one or two cinemas that i wouldn't want to have my movie screenings they didn't particularly like the experience we didn't want that so we made sure that all eight were identical so you'd have the exact same experience every time you came so maintaining that quality for for our guests well i was out there to have a look at it we showed me around a few days ago and i must say first of all that the seating in there is absolutely wonderful so comfortable you can sink back into those <laughs> seats and uh, so comfortably and then you've got the um switch on the side that raises and lowers uh, the foot area so you know it pushes your legs up in the air and all this sort of thing um the, all of this makes them extremely comfortable yeah yeah we've got the uh, leather luxury recliners with um yeah the adjustable foot rests uh, foot rests and also your headrests and it's even got a usb charging port if you wanted to charge your phone during the movie so um yeah we really want people to to settle in and get cozy and enjoy the movie. We've, we've um, had a few people say that they've got near enough to falling asleep, so I guess it's definitely <laughs> passed the test of uh, being a, a nice spot to sit in. Yeah, fair enough. Well, you can go in there and also enjoy the food. I had a look at that menu, and I mean, for a cinema, that is a surprisingly um, big menu. I mean, that includes pork and beef and cheese, fried chicken, all sorts of things. So uh, people can, it's a bit more than just a small bite or something, isn't it? So this can be served to the people sitting in within the cinema at the time watching the film. Absolutely, yeah. So it's um, not just a cinema. We are taking on aspects of a bar and restaurant. So yeah, any of the hot food that you can order off our menu, which um, has quite a wide range of uh, offerings, you can order that and we will deliver it to you in the screen. So we've um, been pretty careful with the menu that we've curated 
to ensure that the items are um, not only easy to eat um, in a cinema, so yeah. things that won't require heaps of cutlery or hard work, but also aren't too difficult to get to in the dark and also don't smell particularly strong because the last <laughs> thing you want when you're watching the movie is, is someone sticking stinking the uh, screen out with um, fried chicken or something. Although we do sell fried chicken, but we've... Um, it's very popular, actually, but we've been very careful to ensure it's not too aromatic. I notice also that the kind of movies you show there, you've got a wide variety, both of um, art house movies plus uh, some mainstream movies also. So I guess that appeal, that's a wide range to be of some interest to everybody living in that uh, outer area there. Absolutely, yeah, that's the idea. Uh, with the eight screens, it gives us the flexibility to, to offer a wide range of movies. So yeah, you'll have your blockbusters, yeah, your big hitters, um, but we will also show some some foreign language films, some art house films, some independent. Um, so really, we want the the wide range to offer to to the community. Um, that's what it's all about for us. Oh, well, I was a bit surprised, a bit puzzled at first until I figured it out. Some of the more popular new films that you put on, you're actually showing in two cinemas simultaneously. Oh, not starting at exactly the same time, but <laughs> sort of half an hour difference in, in them starting, and they'll be showing in, at two different theatres within your cinema complex at the same time. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Well, when you've got a really popular movie, the people want to come and see it. So with 47 seats, yeah. um, the tickets can go quite quickly. So, for example, Suicide Squad, which um, we've had out this week, we've had some sessions start within 20 to 30 minutes of each other just to, to get the people in um, so they can come and watch it. And we'll probably have something similar with Free Guy, which will be released oh, this yeah, week that's, as well. Yeah, that's your new film this week, Free Guy. Oh, that sounds Absolutely. like it could be good fun too, that one. Yeah. Now, there's one basic question I just can't resist asking. When I first heard of the, uh, the cinema, this um, cinema complex opening out at Wigwam, I came across the name Silky Otter. And <laughs> I could not... <laughs> I'd never heard of it before, and uh, I just wonder where did you get that name? <laughs> yeah, it's quite quite an interesting one. Hey? Um, yeah, we get asked that a lot. So the idea behind the name Silky Otter is we want to be a big part of the community. We want that local feel. So for us, we wanted something that was reminiscent of you know your old local pub. So obviously, I'm a I'm a British lad, I'm a Pommy lad. So we wanted something that reminds you of your old local. So head down the pub. Yeah, there already is one Silky Otter cinema up in, in Auckland, isn't there? And um, and so this this is number two now in, in New Zealand? Yeah, number two for us. So this is our first eight screen, and we'll have another eight wow. screen coming in Nelson at the end uh-huh. of the year. Okay. Um, and another one in Queenstown next year, and uh, we'll have another site in Auckland, a four screen, coming February next year. So, yeah, we're really kind of just getting going with uh, the Silky Otter uh, um, experience. Well, okay. Well, our time's running out now, but thank you very much for phoning. And um, uh, this is uh, hopefully this message will get across a little lot of people who may not have heard of it starting yet, but um, you know, to get the whole thing going for you. All the best. was Harry Purcell of the Silky Otter Cinemas, which have just opened in Wigram. I'd like to thank the sponsor of the show, the Harcourt's Grenadier Accommodation Centre, which is now located at 98 Moorhouse Avenue. If you're looking for a place to live, check out the Harcourt's Accommodation Centre website, assetmanagers.co.nz. That address again, 
assetmanagersoneword.co.nz. Mesdemoiselles, mesdemoiselles, un peu de silence, s'il vous plaît. Pendant les deux années que nous allons passer ensemble à l'institution ménagère Van Der Beek, vos futurs professeurs et moi-même allons avoir la délicate mission de faire de vous la perle des ménagères. How to be a good wife is a well-constructed French social satire that takes us back to the dawn of the feminist revolution of the 1960s. Mary Gibson's been off to the Academy Cinemas to see this comedy drama which delivers a very strong message. Mary, what did you think of How to be a good wife? Well, first of all, with the title, I thought to myself, this is going to be interesting. You know, is this a feminist film? What is this about? And well, it certainly is it, that. It, it is absolutely that. And when you, you know, when it starts out and you're like, oh, you get your hackles back. And being a child of that era, I sort of started to think <laughs> to myself, hmm, OK, this is not really appropriate. But then you realised, um, you know, what the premise of the movie was and that they were really coming out of that era of... <clears throat> excuse me, where you um, uh, are taught to be a good wife. And, and yes. this, it was actually a finishing school, more or less, for girls who... Um, yeah, 16-year-old girls. Yeah, yeah. who had come out of a high school and before they were set on the path of marriage. So it was kind of funny from that perspective. But then when you started to watch it, you realised it was very comedic and funny. And Juliet Benish, who is in the lead... Oh, is, she's amazing, oh, isn't she? She's just gorgeous to look at, for starters, and her acting is brilliant and and to hear her speak in French the whole time was just fabulous you know so so she she just totally holds us together and then there's a, there's a, all these other little plot lines going on yeah. that um, people have got their own little agendas in the background which makes the movie even more interesting and funny as it progresses along mm. and it's it's beautifully set and um, it's it's set near the Alsace and it's so it's kind of French German speaking and you, you hear the different uh, languages coming through and some of the conversation as well, as opposed to just pure French. Yeah, but it, it's also very much telling of that sort of um, feminist revolution of the 1960s. I mean, this is set in, in Paris, France, but this was worldwide. Because mm. I mentioned this to my partner, Pat, before I went to see it, and she says, oh, yes, I know that time in the 1960s. I was just getting married. Mm. <laughs> As she remembers exactly the what was happening to wives, they'd being taught how to be, well, how to be good wives, you know, to, to go home and cook and... and expected to do all these other things mm. and, and all this and that there was also a movement on and also she was aware that there were such things as schools for girls where they were taught all the things to make themselves sort of good homekeepers and that kind of a thing. Mm. Not to argue too well, much with the husbands. <laughs> well, it was really, you know, that kind of finishing school era that girls went to a finishing school because they had no aspirations to work or whatever and they were going to move straight into getting married and, and being a wife. But I think what the other the other thing that came out in this movie was it it was that that change where feminism and women's liberation was starting to become really strong in the late sixties. 
that movement away from being prim and proper and wearing dresses to actually wearing pants and whatever, which had been around a lot longer than that era, you know, for sure, you know, and even through the war, things had changed so much. So 20 years earlier. So this was kind of catching up, you know, but I guess in a very French way, you know, doing things uh, as only the French can do. Well, at that time in in France, this was a a time of uh, other sort of liberations, cultural liberations, sexual liberations, what you could do there, and even political revolution in France. Mm. And I guess that applied to a lot of the rest of the world also at that Mm. time. Yeah, and and it shows all that. It touches on all of that. It brings Mm. it out Mm. and then just shows the weird way these teachers, this Paulette, she's married. She and her husband own this school. The husband looks after the business side of it, and mm. she's the head teacher. Mm. Then she's got two other teachers, her sister, and this weird nun, the one mm. who smokes cigarettes. Yeah. But, it, but, even <laughs> the, but even the um, her husband is a total dichotomy because when he dies, mm. she opens his desk and finds that he's been gambling on the horses, run the place into ruin, been looking through Playboy-type magazines and calendars, and also he's a complete opposite to what to what they're espousing yeah. anyway. She was the teacher yeah. as far as he was concerned. Yeah. He would not allow her to take to do the manage anything mm. to do mm. with the managing of the school. Or to Although, drive a car. Yeah, or, or to, to drive, drive yeah. a car. And and then she had to take over the whole mess mm. after mm. he died. I think that we we need to really say don't take this seriously. It's not a it's not a commentary on on the revolution of feminism or anything like that. It, it is more comedic, and well, I it's think, a comedic look at something yeah. that is serious. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I guess it is. Although the end of it for me kind of just really you know it then turned into a musical that negated everything completely. That was so weird. Wasn't it? Very yeah. weird. You yeah, know, they ended up with. All the girls marching down the street with yeah, a teacher no connection. in front, <laughs> walking along, and in, and in the girls singing along with the mm, teacher, mm. and and she is repeating all the different steps in her in in her personal philosophy mm, of how things mm, should be done, mm, because she mm. starts off teaching these girls. The film starts with that of her in class with a new bunch of girls teaching them what they will be taught there, how to behave around mm. the house, what must be they must do, all this sort of thing. But then after her husband died, she had a wider ability to go out and see the world from mm. a different angle and turned around completely and joined the girls. And this is when she start singing. <laughs> crazy, really crazy ending. Yeah. It kind of doesn't yeah, yeah, doesn't oh, relate yeah, to the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah that's very true. I, I wondered why, why. Uh, but uh, again, it, it was a summing up um, the whole point of the film. So anyway, so overall, worth seeing, do you think? Yeah, I do. And, and I think you need to go just with a light-hearted approach. Don't yeah. look at it as, as a serious piece of history or anything like that, but yeah. a light-hearted look at feminism. Take your boyfriend along. <laughs> okay, thank you. That was Mary Gibson with her views on how to be a good wife. And I'm Hans Petrovic, inviting you to listen to Movie Talk again on Plains FM 96.9 at midday next Wednesday. This program will also be repeated at midday on Saturday, and you can also listen to past episodes on the Plains FM website, plainsfm.org.nz. Plains FM.